Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Today we start a four-part series on a topic that's probably near and dear to most of our listeners, aging. We all do it, whether we want to or not. The forest of birthday candles on our birthday cake seems to be growing thicker each year. What's an aging man or woman to do? Dr. Jennings joins us via Skype with some solid suggestions. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. We're using Dr. Jennings' book, The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind, as the cornerstone of our discussions during the next four programs. So let's begin with a common concern. Dr. Jennings, since it seems we all have to age, is there any way we can help our brains keep functioning even as our bodies are showing the passage of the years? For most of us, the answer is yes. The most common form of of dementia that people suffer with is Alzheimer's type. And my book is designed to document that this type of dementia for the vast majority is lifestyle related and is preventable if you make the right lifestyle choices. And so when most people think about aging, they're not actually thinking of longevity What they're thinking of with aging is the slow decline and loss of ability, the functional diminishment of our capacities. That's what they're thinking about. And so the goal is to not only live long, but to live well, to live with vitality and maintain our abilities to the best of our ability to do so. And that is directly related to living in harmony with the laws of health and the lifestyle choices we make throughout life. And we've identified many specific aspects that have direct consequence to physiological aging and whether we maintain our abilities, including our cognitive and brain function abilities, or we accelerate their decline. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should define this. When we talk about dementia, dementia is the functional loss of abilities of of both cognitive capacities and memory ability. Mm -hmm. That can be caused by anything that damages the brain itself. So the disease that damages the brain is what would cause the functional loss known as dementia. Mm. And so various diseases, vascular disease, Parkinson's disease, Lewy body disease, Alzheimer's disease, all these things are different diseases affecting the brain in different ways, but they all damage the brain. And if you have enough brain tissue loss, then you get the functional loss uh, and syndrome known as dementia. And so my book is primarily designed to help people avoid Alzheimer's type dementia. Mm -hmm. But if they do those things, it will also significantly reduce their risk of vascular type of dementia. And these two are the number one and number two causes of dementia, Alzheimer's type and vascular type. There are other subtypes that are highly genetically driven, very small percentage of people get those. My book is not designed to help people with those. Okay. All right. If those of us who have had a few more candles on our cakes than others, does it make a difference when we start taking care of ourselves? I mean, is is it helpful for a 65-year-old to start following what you're saying just as much as it's helpful to a 25-year-old to start following what you're saying? I'm glad you finished that question out because Does it make a difference when you start? The answer to that is clearly yes. Mm -hmm. It does make a difference. The earlier you start, the larger the benefit, the more retention of of vitality and resilience that you have. But that does not mean there is no benefit to starting at any time, Mm -hmm. I would say with the exception of somebody who already is in a demented state. If you're already in a state of dementia, 
then that means your brain has lost billions of neurons and doing lifestyle factors at that point will not rebuild all those neurons or reverse the dementia. So the protective benefits of all the lifestyle changes must be implemented before you actually lose the brain cells and get the functional decline known as dementia. And if you do that, even at age 65, you get benefit from that. In fact, one study showed that people 65 years of age and older who began walking regularly, I think it was a 20 to 30 minute walk, five days a week, showed growth in their memory circuits of the brain that could be seen on an MRI with 2% increase in brain volume, which made their brains appear two years younger. Wow. So it's beneficial whenever you start, uh, with the exception of once you've already lost all of those neurons, you're not rebuilding them. Well, now I know why you listed one of the section of this first part of your book. To have a healthy brain, you have to have a healthy body. They're connected. Is that true in reverse? A healthy body will help the brain. Will a healthy brain help the body? A healthy mind would help the body because the brain is actually, you know, the brain is is one part of the of the body. But but the point being, all the organ systems of our body's primary purpose is to serve the brain. Mm. The heart beats. And the lungs breathe in order to give oxygen and nutrition to the brain. The digestive organs are designed to protect the brain from any toxins you might eat. That's the liver's job to detoxify anything you eat that could harm your brain and to provide nutrition to your brain. Your arms and legs are designed to take your brain from place to place and engage in the world around you. Your eyes and ears and nose to give the input to your brain so you can make assessments of things. So all of the organs and systems of your body are primary purpose is to serve the brain. A healthy mind then directs one in the governance of all the systems of the body so that you maintain them in healthy ways. You exercise regularly, you eat healthy food choices, you avoid known toxins, and so forth and so on. And then you also, if you have a healthy mind, you're not stressed and worried. You resolve conflicts which reduce the fight or flight mechanisms that we fire or trigger when we perceive fear or when we worry a lot. And the fight or flight mechanisms of constant stress and worry accelerate the aging process as they oxidize or damage the body and then ultimately the brain more rapidly. So, so there is an interplay. They both play off each other. Absolutely correct. Started hearing this word about a decade ago and, and make the connection for us. Epigenetics. That sounds pretty important. What has epigenetics got to do with aging? Epi means above, like epidermis, the top layer of your skin. Genetics means the, the DNA, the gene pool. And the gene pool in our body is the library of information, the coded information from which all of the various substances, tissues, molecules, proteins, et cetera, of the body are produced. It's the library of instructions. The epigenetics are those molecules that sit above the library deciding or directing which books of that library get opened and which books stay closed. So within all the cells of your body, you have the same chromosomes, you have the same complete library of information, but your bone cells are distinctly different from your muscle cells, which are different from your skin cells, which are different from your brain cells. All the cells have the same library, but in all those places, the epigenetics are instructing the books in that library to open different sets to produce different types of cell lines. And ultimately, then the function of those cell lines are altered also by the epigenetics. And so through life experiences, food choices, the things we watch and even the beliefs that we hold, we can alter the molecules sitting above our DNA, changing how the genes are being expressed, which can either give us resilience or can accelerate the aging process. Wow. So we have a degree of control 
of our brain, even at that level, even before it fires its first synapse, there's an epi up there waiting for us to say, go for it. Am I on the right track here? There's a transgenerational effect of this epigenetic stuff, Hmm. meaning that we inherit from our parents the specific genes, but we also inherit many of the epigenetic markers that when we get those genes, they come with certain markers telling the genes how to express themselves. And those markers are passed down three and four generations. And so we're getting from our parents, our grandparents and our great-grandparents, not just the genetic material itself, but the markers. And so we can be born with certain advantages or certain disadvantages based on the generations that went before us. The healthier we live our lives, we move the epigenetics into healthier, more resilient directions, and we pass along those benefits to our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And thus, we can improve the subsequent generations through healthy choices that we make, or if we engage in uh, self-abuse, alcohol, drug abuse, and other things, we alter the epigenetics in us, And if we do that before we have children, we will pass on to our children greater vulnerability to problems in life. Isn't there a Bible text that sort of talks about that, Dr. Jennings? Well, it talks about the uh, sins being passed down three and four generations in the commandments. It's not talking about passing down guilt that in in some judicial system you get punished for. Mm -hmm. It's talking about how God constructed us as beings. We create beings in our own image. And as we change ourselves, we change the instructions on our own gene, our own life code, and we pass those instructions along. And thus our children are born in our image with many of our propensities, strengths, and weaknesses. Here's my final question for you today, Dr. Jennings. I've heard people say to me, you know, I'm not going to live beyond 70 because my father died at 71 and my great-grandfather at 68 and my, my, my grandfather at 69. So I'm sort of locked into it. I'm going to die early. Is there some truth to that? There is a genetic contribution to how long a person will live, mm-hmm. but those contributions are modifiable through the life choices that we make. A person who exercises and eats a healthy diet will lengthen their life and have good, healthy relationships and and so forth. They will add years to their life where a person who smokes, does drugs, is in conflict, eats an unhealthy diet will shorten their lifespan. So it's not exclusively our genetics. It's an interplay between genetics and environment. And data shows that when each cell in our body reproduces, I don't know if you remember your high school biology, it's called mitosis, where one cell reproduces to replace an old cell. Mitosis, uh, when the cell reproduces the library of information, the chromosomes must get copied so that the new cell has a copy of all that information to produce all the proteins it needs to function. At the end of those chromosomes are little caps, like the little plastic caps on your shoestrings called telomeres. Those little caps, like the caps on your shoestrings, keep things from fraying, keep them organized so they can copy and reproduce. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. With every copy that it makes of itself, a little bit of that telomere is lost. Mm-hmm. And as those telomeres get shortened, the cells become less capable of reproducing themselves. And this is part of the aging process. Studies show that if we exercise regularly, eat a plant-based diet with lots of beta carotene, that's the color in carrots and yams and so forth, and other foods, spinach and so forth, the colored foods, that we we can lengthen our telomeres and that can add years to our life. We are born with a certain telomere length, and that gives a certain predictability to how many years, but abuse, smoking, conflict, stress can shorten telomeres more rapidly, and healthy lifestyles I've described can lengthen them. So we have a baseline where we start, but then it's impacted by our lifestyle choices. So if someone comes up and says, Charles, why are you eating that healthy plant-based diet? Why are you out there exercising? I'm going to just simply say, Because Dr. Jennings says I can lengthen my telomere. Would that be a good way of describing it, Dr. Jennings? That would certainly be one consequence or one beneficial result of it. I don't know that that would be the exclusive reason for doing (laughs) it, but you could certainly bring that up as one of the factors. Maybe other factors are that you feel better, you function better, you think better, that you have greater clarity, that you have more vitality, more energy day to day. And all those things are true as well. Oh, that is such good news. Listener, we are starting a journey here. We've got three more programs on this topic. We're talking about aging here with Dr. Jennings, who wrote the book, The Aging Brain, Proven Steps to Prevent Dementia and Sharpen Your Mind. This book is available all kinds of places on Amazon, and also there's an audio version, an audiobook version of it on Audible. So check out Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or any bookstore for this wonderful book. Also, ComeAndReason.com has many resources for our edification, education, and advancement. And we're talking about living a healthy, happy life for many, many years to come. That's The Aging Brain by Dr. Timothy Jennings. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for sharing this good news with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, this program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>